0: The Frozen North, Episode 78, Flying Solo. Everybody, welcome to episode number seventy-eight of the Frozen North Gaming Podcast. My name is JJ, and I'm actually here by myself today. Real quick, want to wish everybody a uh, happy holiday season and uh, happy new year. Hope everybody got to spend some time with the family and eat a bunch of grub and hang out and play games. I know I certainly did. Uh, Mark and Brian are basically taking a week off. I gave them, I gave them the time off just because uh, you know it's the holidays, so we, we kind of want to do our own thing uh, if possible and. We got work off, so we want a game, and uh, I think uh, I think I can hopefully hold this down for today. Uh, but the good news is, it won't just be me today. I do have a I think four side quests that were submitted, so we got a handful of things to go over. Uh, I'm gonna be talking a little bit about what I'm playing. Gonna be doing a little tiny bit of news. Um, got some stuff about the Xbox. Got uh, a side quest on uh, top five uh, games Mark should play again. Doing, uh, I'm doing my top five Sega Genesis games. So a whole bunch of stuff uh, coming out today. It's gonna be great. And well, without uh, without any further ado, let's hop right into it. What have I been playing uh, lately? It's been Xenoblade Chronicles X. Still, I'm, I actually just hit the. It's Sunday. I just hit the last chapter of the game, um, and it's still it's still so addicting. The gameplay is so great. I really really love the combat in it. Uh, the story is, I mean, not really gotten any better. From before, so it's not that's not definitely not the draw there, but the gameplay is just so good and the combat is so fun. Um, if you're a completionist, especially, it's it's there's a lot to do there, so it's a it's a really really good time. Um, also, I got for Christmas, I got Bloodborne, uh, Just Cause three, and Until Dawn. Uh, I Haven't busted out Until Dawn or Bloodborne yet, but I was playing Just Cause three yesterday, and oh my gosh, there is so much to just do. Uh, it just random mindless fun. I honestly couldn't even tell you what it's about, but I played for like three hours, just blowing stuff up and tethering things together and flying around the city. And it was just so much fun. Uh, so if you're just looking for a great sandbox game, uh, I, re- I really recommend it. I'm not that far into it, but I'm having a really good time with it. And, oh, and I started, uh, Trails in the Sky. Uh, I'm not playing the, the PC version. I'm playing it on my PSP. Uh, Mainly because it came with an instruction booklet, and that's always good. But I'm really, really enjoying it. I I, I have been wanting kind of a... a, uh, I mean, obviously I'm a big JRPG fan, so I've been looking for a kind of new JRPG that really, really has that old school feel. Um, And while, you know, a few have come out recently, this this one does a really, really good job. It's another good one. Combat is uh, very very similar to Lunar if you've ever played any of those games, but just just a really really fun little game. Um, Trails in the Sky I highly recommend it. I'm about it's long too. There's a lot of text uh, as far as I can tell. There's no voice acting. But it's very a lot of reading, but if you like the old school stuff, this is this is kind of just a uh, a newer version of the classic games, and I'm I'm having a blast with it. It's 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 been a hell of a lot of fun. So. Um, why don't we go ahead and get into our first side quest? Uh, it's going to actually going to be a uh, voice you haven't heard in a while, but, uh, he is, he is back and he is here to do a top five list that, well, it makes me laugh and you'll see why here in a minute,
1: Matt, go ahead and take it away. Hey there, everyone at Frozen North. Long time no see. This is Matt speaking. Hope you haven't forgotten about me. I've been away for a while, but I am back with a vengeance. Today, I'm going to share with you something that has been close to my heart for a very long time, and that is my top five games that I want Mark to play in the year 2016. Okay, let's go ahead and jump right into things and kick it off with number five, Okami. In my eyes, uh, Capcom's attempt at creating a Zelda-esque adventure lifted the Zelda franchise over its head and went down into a Bane Breaks Batman backbreaker on it. This is one of the PlayStation 2's finest hours. Honestly, it was good then. It's good now. And now it's even available on the PlayStation Network in... Wait for it. High Definition. Pick it up, Mark. You're in for one of the most unique treats in gaming, I promise. Alright, let's go ahead and move right along to the unloved stepchild of Square's Golden Age on PlayStation 1. It is my number four, Vagrant Story. Unloved is honestly an understatement here, because Vagrant Story is arguably one of the best games on the PlayStation. The story starts off with, honestly, Metal Gear Solid levels of gripping presentation, And then it evolves over 30 hours into this masterpiece that makes some Hollywood movie scripts feel impotent by comparison. Throw in one of the deepest combat systems that will please both traditional and action RPG lovers, and you're in for one mother goose of a ride. Wait, that's a good thing, right? Yeah, yeah, that's a good thing. All right, let's head back to that holy temple of gaming that we call Capcom and shine a heavily light on my number three dragon's dogma dark arisen dragon age Eh, get out of here i found a girlfriend who actually understands me honestly this is probably one of my favorite games on the playstation 3 no 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 I'll, i'll go for that it is my favorite game on the playstation 3 it shows a level of depth that is just miles ahead of most of the western rpg market even by today's standards I want so badly to get a sequel, so I need everyone to play it, including you, Mark. Do it! You won't be disappointed. All right. For my number two, uh, I gotta gotta summon the robot voice here. Okay.
0: My number two is Silent Hill 2 because reasons. It is one of the best
1: suspense thrillers in all of gaming. I'm pretty sure that I'm like the tenth person to tell you that. Get it. Play it now. Sorry about that. Don't know what came over me. Okay, let's move on to the highlight of the day. The number one game that I want Mark to play in the year of 2016 is... Xenogears. Well, I mean, what did you expect? Mark is a lover of all things Suikoden. And because of that, I would be absolutely shocked if he didn't love Xenogears. Not only is it a great character-driven story, but it'll feel fresh because it's in the sci-fi genre, and honestly, there just aren't very many good sci-fi RPGs. This one is a real winner, Mark. Pick it up. Alright, that'll wrap up my list here today. Anyone out there who hasn't played this list of games should first go play them, and then send hate mail to Mark for having not played them. Alright, that'll just about do it for me. This is Matt signing off from the Frozen North. See ya! Oh my God! Square Enix, Final Fantasy VII. I love you.
0: All right, and I'm back. Thank you, Matt, once again for uh, reiterating that Mark needs to play more games. Uh, <laughs> uh, number two and number one, though. I mean, yeah, I. We've all been telling him to play as definitely Xenogears, but I just recently, you know, as you heard, uh, finished Silent Hill Two myself. And again, that's I, I can't. Agree with Matt Moore. That's the, the storytelling in that game is right up Mark's alley. Uh, Vagrant story, which he also mentioned, I have not had the chance to play myself, and I really, really want to try. Uh, it just it, I own it. Uh, it's in my collection. I just have not actually you know pulled the trigger and, and played it myself. But I, I keep hearing really, really good things from people on it, so it's something I'll get to eventually. I know for sure. But uh, Mark, come on, man, you gotta you gotta start helping us out here. Uh, get get on the ball. Start playing these games, dude. Um, Alright, so if you would like to do exactly what Matt did, and I I mean that's it. It's just you just record yourself talking about any subject you want, send it in to me. I will edit it for you. If you don't want to edit it at home, I will do anything you want me to do. All you have to do is just talk about video games, anything you want. It does not matter. And you'll see, you know, we've got a couple more coming uh this episode, and you'll you'll see other examples as well. I just really, really would like to get some more you know, input from the community um, as far as, you know, just what's on your mind. I like, I like to hear that kind of stuff. So uh, you can also shoot us an email and tell us what's on your mind over at frozen north podcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can check out our website at fngaming.net. Our Facebook is slash the frozen north. Our Twitter is at fnpodcast. Our blog is frozen north And we're on Twitch, where uh, I stream on Wednesday and Thursday nights, usually between 6 and 9 p.m. I've been playing Final Fantasy VII lately, and uh, we've had a couple people in the chat the past couple of times and uh, just been reminiscing about old times and and talking about games and what's coming. And obviously I'm playing FF7, so the remake has been a big, big topic that we've been going over. Uh, But please stop by, say hi, and just, just, you know, talk for a little bit. I I want to hear what's on your mind. Uh, And that's at twitch.tv slash Games. Um, and we're on iTunes, so subscribe to and rate us on there. The more you do that, the more we get recognized by other people, and the more they can hear us as well. So, a little bit of news, not much. Um, I, I kind of just glazed over it a little bit, because uh, I didn't want to spend too much time on it. But there were two articles that kind of stuck out to me. It uh, didn't seem like there was really too much going on in the world of gaming uh, over the past few weeks, uh, other than, obviously, the normal holiday stuff. But uh, So, the first is... Uh, I don't know if you guys have heard the uh the the issue with Steam that came up kind of sounds way worse than it actually is. I guess what happened is there was an issue on Steam where people were logging in and they were able to like access and see other people's personal info like full name address uh last four numbers of credit cards and that kind of stuff now while that does you know that that does suck and it's you don't want people like you know seeing your personal info and stuff like that. To my understanding, and from what I can tell, just by reading online and stuff, it it seems like nothing really negative came out of it. Like there wasn't anything that they they couldn't like manipulate your account or change anything or do anything with it uh, or buy anything with your credit card or anything like that. They literally could just see it. Uh, And Steam took the the big reason why you know it flipped people out was because obviously you know personal info was seen, but then Steam actually took down their store uh, for a few hours, which you know, it's kind of crazy, but it was just kind of one of those things where it sounds way worse than it actually seemed to be. So if, uh, you know, if, if you were worried about that and you were about seeing people, seeing your stuff to my understanding and from what I can tell, nothing really bad came out of it. So kind of dodged a bullet there. Uh, the other one was, uh, has to do with, uh, Star Wars Battlefront. If any of you have played Battlefront, you know, it's a good time. Uh, there's not super tons amount of like, bajillion things to do in the game but it looks gorgeous and if you're a Star Wars fan I mean it it feels like you are freaking playing Star Wars Uh, I'm having a blast with it I have it on Xbox One Um, it's apparently they're not going to be having any DLC for like The Force Awakens the new one Um, by the way if you have not seen episode 7 yet it's amazing and it'll make you feel like the first time you saw Star Wars if you're a Star Wars fan I absolutely just gushed over it. And it's, it's fantastic. I'm actually going to see it again with my dad, uh, tomorrow, Monday. Uh, so apparently they're going to try and stick to episodes four through six. And, uh, I mean, they're still going to be coming out with DLC and map packs and, uh, new characters and all that stuff. But I guess it's just not going to be any of the, uh, the new, uh, the new stuff that's out uh, other than the battle of Jakku, which I guess is just one map. And, I don't know why they did that, if they're not going to continue, uh, I don't know, EA. Uh, that's, that's kind of the reasoning that I got. So yeah, I mean, that's that's about it, guys. Nothing nothing crazy on the news front. Um, but again, go check out Episode 7. Speaking of which, another friend of mine, Brandon, who has been on the show a couple of times, him and I actually sat down and talked about the Xbox One. Him and I are huge Star Wars fans, and we have been gushing about it for the past couple of days like crazy. But uh, we actually put together a list of top five reasons why the Xbox One is finally worth it. Well, I'll let you hear for yourself. Here we go. All right, and I'm here sitting with my bro gamer buddy, Brandon. What's up, man? How's it going? What are we talking about today? We are going to be talking about the X-Bone today. The Xbox One and why it's worth it. Yeah. So we put together a little top five list. Uh, The two of us kind of just made it, put it together. We actually... Um, I asked you to come up with some ideas, and then I came up with some ideas before we got together today. Right. And for the most part, we pretty much had the same thing. So then we kind of just had to rank them. Right. Um, our number one was right off the bat. Easy. It was kind of funny. Easy. <laughs> so we, we just Easy. had the exact same answer. Um, and from there, we, we kind of just put, put our heads together. But uh, so we're really quick going to go over the top five reasons why the X Bone is finally worth it. Well, I don't know about finally, but uh, can, you say it was, can you say it was worth it right off the bat? For the normal person, what's right off the bat, like, like when it first released? Okay, you got me there. <laughs> I just mean like a lot. A lot of people are saying like, I mean, you've you've heard the show, you know, you know Brian obviously right. and stuff, and, and we we've made jokes about like, oh, the only reason to get it is Halo and blah blah blah, whatever. And a lot of people legitimately do feel that way. Um, I finally got it, and I, I really enjoy it now, and I'm glad I have it. But there there are still those who are like, I have a PS4, why do I need one? You know, if if it's just for Halo. And it's like and we're basically here to say there's more than just Halo there. Oh, absolutely. So that's what this top five is for. I'm excited. All right. Let's get to it. And you know a little bit more about some of this stuff than I do, so I'm going to let you do the bulk of the explanations. Um, okay. But, I mean, for the most part, I think I think we both are on the same page for sure. Oh, yeah. As to why uh, why we feel this way. So our number five reason the Xbox is finally worth it is Windows 10 integration. So
2: if anyone listening out there, has an Xbox One. You know they have done a recent uh, interface overhaul with the Xbox One. Uh, Now they made it to be more Windows 10 compatible. They changed the way the interface looks. Um, Before, the interface was was pretty good, but it was a little bit tricky to manage. And now they've changed it to where everything is real simple to understand where everything is. And they've come up with this new thing that I personally have been using every single day where if you have Windows 10 on your PC, you can download the Xbox app. And you can stream your Xbox One from wherever it is in the house to your PC monitor and play your Xbox One on your PC monitor. I think that's really cool. You can even plug in your Xbox One controller to your PC and use that as a controller while you are playing, so you don't have to worry about the wireless connection or anything like that. And, and, and for me, it's working flawlessly. I have had almost next to none issues on that, and so and I think it's it's a good point going forward for the Xbox One to have that integration because there, a lot of it's the same company, obviously Microsoft. Mm-hmm. So it's it's doing really well on how it looks and everything. And so, like, everything's just real easy to manage, real easy to walk through. You know, your settings are all there, your achievements are all there, your friends are all there. And you, everything is the same on the Xbox One as it is on this Xbox app on the Windows 10 on your PC.
0: Cool. And you you can, uh, I mean, you I didn't have this on my list, but when you explained to me why you use it, like being able to sit there on one screen and watch netflix on the other right exactly. i mean it's kind of a no-brainer if you so. have if you have two monitors if you have two monitors yeah which i think most people do nowadays most except people not me someone someone dang it in this room does not i don't i you know it's just i don't have any excuses at all you really don't i so. don't, <laughs> I, don't I will eventually i will yes. eventually all right number four our number four is the price point now honestly the price has kind of bounced all over the place, mm-hmm. but lately it's been staying pretty steady, somewhere between like, depending on you know what time of the year it is, uh, three hundred and three fifty, I believe. Right? Yes. Uh, yeah. Um, which is which is a hell of a lot less than when it started. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, there's not really much else to explain there.
2: Well, and and the thing to explain there is the price, especially right now around Christmas time. It's like three hundred dollars and. There's all kinds of bundles out there. I mean, you can get definitely bundles with all kinds. Of, I think there's one bundle that you can get like three different games for $300 with the Xbox One. So, I mean, it's just the price of it is so
0: cheap right now. You get so much value out of it right now. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a big thing that they're uh, they're adding is they're trying to add a lot more value to it. Right. Um, and the fact that they're bringing the price down while doing that, you know, mm-hmm. because it's easy to keep the price the same and be like, oh, we're going to give you a free game if you do decide to play this. But adding in, you know, those games and lowering the price on top of that, just, you know. Icing on the cake. Uh, number three, backwards compatibility. So, I might let you talk a little bit
2: about this one because to me, it's not as important as it is to someone like you because I still yeah. have my 360 and I still play games on it all the time. Right. I understand its importance,
0: but for me, I don't use it a whole lot. So, I'm going to let you talk a little bit about it. I will I have a 360 as well. And, you know, I would imagine. Judging by what I've seen so far and what the most of the Xbox player base is into, a lot of the games that I play are probably aren't going to be backwards compatible on there for a <laughs> while anyways, so I will still also be using my Xbox 360 for a while, but the way that they are doing theirs is just so much better, I mean, there's no other word for it, better than the way that Sony is doing theirs. I don't even want to call it necessarily backwards compatibility, they're just releasing these games that were out a while ago on the PS4, which is great, right? but... 360. You're going to be able to, you know, as long as it's in the library, you pop in the disc. If you already own it, boom, you got the game already. Yeah, and all you have to do is just pop in the disc and you're done. That's awesome to get it for free. Or if you don't have the game and you want it, you've always wanted to play. It, you can go on there and you can buy it. So either way, you've got options, and it, they just make it very easy and accessible to anybody who owns the game or anybody who wants the game. So if you're looking to get into those uh, older titles you know on the on the xbox 360 keep your eyes open look at that lineup because they're they're adding new games all the time so
2: yeah and, it, and i think it's important to, to note that xbox came out and said hey guys we're offering backwards compatibility and then sony came out and was like well we didn't really think that was possible so this is kind of interesting for us to see yeah and so it, it's it is it's really cool feature that no one thought was possible and, and then they figured out how to do it and so now yeah it's popping it a disc and good to go
0: yep and i you know what i'm not going to say that any of this is never going to happen, right? With Sony, but right now, uh, I mean, I just prefer this way. I yeah. think it sounds awesome. Uh, okay, number two, exclusives. Exclusives. Now, I, I actually, my, my, I just said Halo, and then you were, you came to me and were like, "Hey, we should totally say exclusive instead." And I'm like, well, I don't even know what else there is." You know, I'm not a big Xbox gamer, like you know, from from years past, so I don't have too much experience with it other than halo but you actually like just started rattling off names and i was basically like, okay 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 i get it i get <laughs> it all right fine so what what kind of exclusives can we expect from the xbox
2: so so right now to your point there's not a whole lot of exclusive. you got halo you got forza you have tomb raider for now i think it's coming to playstation like next eventually. year, eventually eventually or something but what they are they're in development um, there's a new game coming out that looks really interesting called Scalebound. It's an RPG. You basically have a dragon as like your ally and partner. They're going to be running around and playing with the early trailers and gameplay video footage of it look amazing. I mean, it looks really nice. Um, they also... Uh, Crackdown. Everyone loves Crackdown. I know you've never played Crackdown. i never played it. Mark's really excited for it. Though. Crackdown is so much fun. Um, back when Crackdown 1 came out, uh, most people just bought it because it had halo 3 multiplayer beta on it so everyone bought crackdown for the halo multiplayer then once they started playing crackdown they realized how much they love it it is a fun game basically um for those of you who don't know what it's about you're basically this um police uh soldier member in the very far distant future kind of like in this uh military state city and uh, you get all these superpowers. You run around and do things. It's kind of like a Grand Theft Auto-type game, sandbox game. Um, but you just get all these superpowers. And it's, just, it's really fun. It's a really interesting story, too, um, if, you ever, if you ever play it. So Crackdown 3 comes out next year. Um, and then there's also this game uh, being made by Rare called Sea of Thieves. It's basically a pirate game. And there's not a whole lot of detail out about it, but the trailers of it look pretty interesting. Um, and then also, I don't think we mentioned Gears of War. Gears of War is just. It's, it is a bro game through and through. The dialogue is cheesy. Everything is action packed. Like, if you've got
0: somebody to play it with, though, it's so much fun. Oh, my
2: God. It's so much fun. It, if you just take the cheesiness with a grain of salt, it is so much fun to play. And so they got some good things going on. And, and, and for the exclusives, I mean, they've talked about how they're going to focus more on in game development, in game studio development, try to bring out their own games rather than focus on big third party games right so it's it's going to be an interesting few years coming up for the xbox in terms of exclusive. I'm, I'm excited
0: for it definitely all right number one this was i mean this was the easiest choice the most obvious we i think like you said you wrote it down first, first i wrote thing. mine down first that was the first thing i thought of and that is phil spencer phil spencer the guy the guy at the head of the whole the whole shebang um i think he has completely turned around the entire attitude towards the system and and done amazing things for it uh you know when when it was first announced you had the whole press conference with don matrick and stuff and he said well if you don't have internet get a 360 you know i mean we've poked fun at that and everything like that oh yeah and since then phil spencer's taken over and you can tell he genuinely likes what he does and he really really wants to help it improve um, and i i just really really love to see The progress that he's made and and i'm so excited for the future and what what he's going to be doing so what i mean i mean yeah
2: he basically has saved the xbox for this generation like xbox got off to a historically terrible start i think everyone can agree i didn't even buy an xbox for a while like i just didn't i was waiting to see because i was like that that press conference man that was awful that was brutal. It
0: was it was hard to watch.
2: It really was. And so then when Phil Spencer comes in, he's like, "Okay guys, here, we messed this stuff up. I'm going to show you how I'm going to change these things, and then we're going to start doing it." And he is he's just turned the ship around. I mean, he's yep. everything he says is just good stuff. I mean, and Xbox One sales are still being outsold by PlayStation by a lot, but it could be a lot worse if he wasn't at the helm. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. it's just he is he's Taking it in the right direction. And like you said, I think he genuinely cares about the Xbox and Xbox brand and the gamers. He wants to keep making the Xbox for the gamers.
0: Yep. He's just a guy you just want to like... I just want to have a beer with him and shake his hand and just be like, dude, thank you. Yeah. Seriously. You have like restored my faith in this console. Uh, So yeah, for real, man. Um, Cool. Well, that's our top five reasons why we think the Xbox One is worth it. Yeah. So if you're on the fence, you're not sure... I, I really think now is the time to to, to go ahead and pull the trigger on that.
2: Absolutely, I mean it's just it's a it's a solid system. It really is, and and everything about it is it's it's a good fun system. Like it's just Phil Spencer has changed the culture about it. You know, it's it's not what it was when they revealed it. It's nowhere near what it was when they revealed it. Absolutely. So, so, so definitely check it out. If
0: you're one of those ones that that thinks that it still needs to be always online or that uh, you can't you know let other people borrow your discs and all that junk and everything. Or that the connect is necessary, <laughs> right? Uh, know that they have changed. You know pretty much all of that. I mean, if you think about it, I'm going to go off on a tiny little tangent here. Every system is always online. Yeah. You have to be because what happens when you put in a game? Oh, you got to You got to install a patch. You know that's the PlayStation as well. That's the freaking Wii U as well. So that's not thing that's exclusive to Xbox. So I don't want to hear that argument anymore because it's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Just saying. All right. Well, Brian, thanks for taking the time out, man. Yeah, um, thanks for I, having me. I really, uh, really think that this is this is something that people need to start actually taking a little more seriously, um, and especially like we we tend to, to look at the the, the more story focused games and, and you know big epic grand adventures and stuff. And Xbox is known for you know having a few of those, but mostly you know the uh, the, the the shooter crowd and and the the competitive uh, gaming crowd, right? So I really think, and and like you said, you brought up like scale bound and, scale and, and bound. crackdown and stuff, mm-hmm. and there there's there's a lot to a lot to look forward to here. So we'll have to just wait and see what happens. But I think with with like we said, Phil Spencer at the helm, there's a lot to be excited about. So yeah, I agree, definitely. We'll go from there. All right, back to you, JJ. Well, thank you, JJ. It, it's really awkward when I do that. I know I realize that, and it's probably really awkward to listen to. I apologize, uh, but I. As you can see, the X-Bone is finally totally, totally worth it. And at least, you know, in our opinions, um, I know when it first came out, we kind of poked fun at it, and people still do. But I mean, especially you know, our number one, Phil Spencer. I, as much as I think he like totally looks and dresses like a like a college frat boy, uh, <laughs> I, I I love the guy. He's freaking awesome, and he's doing such great things. This system has turned around completely this year. And I really, really think that, you know, even even if you're just on the fence about it, well, especially if you're on the fence about it, you should totally pull the trigger. Go for it. Uh, get that Xbox One now. You know, if you can afford it, obviously. Which, you know, with the price point being lower than it's ever been, there's really no reason not to. There's there's some great stuff coming for it. There's some great stuff for it. It's time. It's awesome. So, And, and I, I actually heard rumor that uh, they're already working on the next one, the next console. So I'm, like, really, really excited to see what Phil Spencer does, you know, from day one with, you know, being at the helm, uh, because, you know, we had the whole thing with, uh, with, with Don Matrick initially. Uh, so it's, it's going to be interesting to see what they do with the, uh, with the next console cycle. So yeah, really excited about that. Uh, looking forward towards the future. Okay. Uh, one more, we got another, another side quest here. Uh, this is from a couple of uh, listeners of the show. Uh, they had, they were actually on the show when we did a we did our episode from SoPro Gaming a few weeks back where we had a bunch of people come on and just talk about like gaming influences influences and stuff like that so you might you know recognize the voices um, this is Eric and Derek and uh, they're here to uh, tell you a little bit about protagonists.
3: Hey, thanks for joining us. This is Eric and I'm Derek, and today we're going to be talking about um, one of the a thing that's very like you know, something where we've thought a lot about very recently because the Game of the War- Year awards happened, and we all know Witcher 3 took on Game of the Year, in particular because of its really strong protagonist, Geralt of Rivia. And that's kind of got us thinking, you know, like, what really makes a good protagonist? Because there's a lot of games that have come out recently that's been, you know, bland, forgettable, just samey protagonists, and we kind of figured it'd be interesting to delve into what makes a good one, especially for a video game. Um, so, I mean... Yeah, we we were kind of talking about Eric. You wanna?
4: Yeah, I, I mean, as far as protagonists, uh, so one of the things we really uh, really connected on was Ezio from the Assassin's Creed series. Um, at least I, I think from the first two games, right? I don't really know too much about it, but uh, I, I have heard and watched some of the game playthroughs on it. So I, I'm a little l- little versed in it, but not as well as I could be. Um, I mean, what what are your personal opinions on Ezio? Well, I mean, I think it says a lot that you've never played the series, but you still know Ezio. Like, he, he sticks
3: out. He's got personality to him. You know, you have the first game, Assassin's Creed, where you have Altair, who is this, you know, tough, burly warrior guy. He's kind of just, like, hardcore about everything. And then you have the second game, which is a uh, second... There's, like, Assassin's Creed 2, Brotherhood, and Revelations are about Ezio. And in 2, Ezio is just a spoiled rich brat. Like, he's just, he absolutely is. And you kind of see him start to change between Brotherhood and Revelations to become this, you know, all-powerful assassin guy. And so, that really, it's the transition that really matters for that, you know. You know, the and that's why a lot of the later games have kind of fallen flat. Assassin's Creed Three had Connor, I think it was, yeah. who was yeah. just—I've seen some video that's just painful, just boring. <laughs> yeah. And you know, that 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 really that that change, I think personally, is what makes a good protagonist. You know.
4: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, do you have? Uh, would you, what would you say is your favorite protagonist? Um, out of any of the game series you've
2: played?
3: Definitely would have to be, and this is. Anyone who knows me knows I will wax poetic about this game, but Tales of Symphonia. Lloyd Irving, he he has a lot of very human flaws. He's young, he's hot-headed, he's impulsive, and he gets him and his friends into really just situations where they didn't need to be in trouble, but he got them in trouble. And then, uh, but like you, you still connect with him because no matter what his flaws, he still has a good heart. He still wants to fight for his friends and wants to help them out. And it creates for a very believable character. Another one of the other one of the other characters in that game, uh, Zelos, is a very self-centered pretty boy. And by the end of the game, you get to see his transition into actually caring about other people. I mean, what are some of your examples?
4: Yeah, I really don't know a lot about Tales of Symphonia, and I know you'll give me a lot of flack about that, but a game that I grew up with, uh, actually one of the first RPGs I ever played was Diablo II, and I know you might be thinking, oh, well, the heroes didn't really have much of a personality, that's fair, the heroes you play aren't. But Deckard Cain really stuck out to me as, as a as a very versed character, and in what he was doing and he was looking to fight you know evil as best he could um and, and then obviously spoiler alert if you if you hop into Diablo 3 um you see his I, I believe it's his niece yeah uh his, Leah Leah right yeah Leah come into play and he, you know it, when 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 Deckard Kane died uh I think it was in the second act or maybe it may have even been the first in Diablo 3 I mean seriously like me to have watched his funeral was probably the most painful thing. And I think that's something that really makes a a protagonist stick out is when they actually leave the story, you you, you feel a void. You have something missing after that comes to play. Exactly. So, and I I mean, yeah, it it really hit me hard when Decker Kane was taken out of of the storyline. So, um, yeah, I mean, that that almost is about it for us. I mean, any last thoughts, you know, things that might uh, make a better character over another as far as protagonists are concerned?
3: I mean, I think you pretty much hit the nail on the head. It's someone who, when they leave, you miss them. When the game's over, you feel sad when the credits roll. And a lot of that is seeing that progression of this character from overcoming their flaws. And that's a very old literary trope, too. They overcome their flaws, and they become a better person. Now, what's interesting in video games is some of the most iconic characters in all of video game history, the ones that fans love the most, don't follow that at all. And we'll discuss why that is on our next side quest.
4: So thanks for joining us, everyone. We really appreciate JJ allowing us to hop into his podcast at the best effing podcast around. Uh, Thanks again, JJ. Really appreciate the time. We'll talk to you guys soon. Peace. Bye.
0: Thank you guys for taking the time out to uh, put that thing together for us. I mean, it's, first of all, it's, Always fantastic to hear from another Tales fan, and Tales of Symphonia is my favorite game in the series, and it's awesome, and you should play it if you are curious about the Tales series. But, I can tell you right now, those two guys are the nicest guys in the world, and I got my tail whipped by them in Rocket League uh, quite a few times over. <laughs> uh, we, we all we all hung out, hung out at SoPro, and, and we're playing it for, for a few hours, and just had a blast, just yelling and screaming and cheering and what not and then we played a little bit of counter strike and just uh they they you know they have a genuine interest in the whole gaming lifestyle and and culture and everything and uh as you can see you know they they want to do more and hopefully you know we we get to hear from more from them. so really really looking forward to see what those guys do in the future so you know stay tuned uh, to us and we'll let you know what's going on with them all right so uh oh, crap i guess I guess I got to do a whole freaking segment myself now, don't I? All right. So, <laughs> top 5 Sega Genesis games. This is this is all me. Uh Mark and Brian didn't really they don't have too much experience with the Sega Genesis. Um I had one growing up and like I absolutely loved it. Uh Matt, you know, from uh, from earlier and from past episodes and stuff. He uh he actually, him and his brother were the ones that got me into the system, and I remember going to, I, I want to say it was Toys R Us, maybe maybe it was KB or something, it was a toy store in the mall nearby us out here, and I was with my uncle and he was taking me out for for my uh, my birthday, and I am an only child and I'm incredibly spoiled, so I'm just going to put that out there right now, that way you don't listen to this and go, oh my gosh, dude, seriously, shut up. uh." <laughs> But so I'm in the toy store and I'm with like, you know, four of my cousins and I come from a big Italian family. So there's, you know, always a pile of kids around wherever you're going. Uh, but so we're walking around in the store and he asked me, he's like, so, you know, what do you want for your birthday? And I go, Oh, Sega, just totally joking. Totally kidding. You know, it was like 200, 250 bucks or something. So I was just totally, totally kidding. He walks up to the counter and asks the guy for a Sega that's up on the shelf behind him. He takes it, just buys the thing and hands it to me. And I was like, uh, um, oh man. Like I felt really terrible, but really awesome because I had a Sega and it was great. And I played the crap out of Sonic the Hedgehog for the next like few weeks till I got more games for it. <laughs> it was awesome. Uh, but I, yeah, I, I, we got a request a while ago from, uh, I think it was the, the episode that we did with uh, the email that we got from Martin where he had uh, mentioned about Sega Genesis, and I said I would do like a side quest or something, but I figured this would be the perfect opportunity, since I'm you know, doing this by myself, to go ahead and just you know, knock this out. So, my personal top five Sega Genesis games, and there's one on here that I know I'm going to catch flack for, and uh, don't judge me too harshly, because if you've listened to the show long enough, you know that nine times out of ten, my choices are purely based on nostalgia, so <laughs> don't give me too much crap. Alright, so honorable mentions... Uh, I've got three. Uh, Aladdin, funny enough, if you've ever played Aladdin on Sega Genesis, unbelievable game, so much fun. It's a side scroller for the most part, but there are like these levels with the flying carpet where you're flying through like the Cave of Wonders and stuff, and you got lava shooting all over the place, and you're just trying to go through. Oh, dude, it's so cool. Uh, definitely check out Aladdin for for Genesis if you get a chance. Uh, another one, another honorable mention is The Lion King as well. Just a very very solid side scroller really difficult game too but uh, excellent another another disney game um and then my my final honorable mention that i've got is sonic and knuckles I, I mean all the sonic games are great but sonic and knuckles actually let you plug in your sonic 3 and i believe sonic 2 as well i didn't do it with that though i did it with sonic 3 for the most part um and you could actually play as knuckles in the game and it was you know sonic and knuckles was a game in itself as well so, it was really, really cool, really innovative, and, and just something new. And uh, Knuckles was a great addition to the uh, to the cast. So, really like that game, too. Alright, here we go. Number five. As I said, I got into Sega because of Matt and his brother, Stu. And this game is one that I played over at their place, and we played it so much. It was crazy. Road Rash. It's just motorcycle racing And you're trying to run from the cops too, and you're knocking other people off bikes and dodging cars and stuff in the road, and it's just so much fun. I mean, this is Sega, so it's not like I can really go into super incredible depth on some of these games, and obviously a game where you're just racing a motorcycle down the road, there's not going to be heavy story elements and that kind of stuff in there. But the game is just so much fun to just just screw around in and, and, you know, Knocking people off bikes, as twisted as that makes me sound, <laughs> was a heck of a lot of fun back then on that console, especially. So, that's my number five, Road Rash. My number four is a game you may not have heard of before. It is called Urban Strike. So, you are a. You're basically an attack helicopter, and you are just running around a map doing missions. And so, like, each level is a new map. So, like, on the first map, you're. Uh, bringing supplies from land to aircraft carriers or you're rescuing hostages or you're blowing up bridges or destroying targets, whatnot. Just like this this cool little, I want to say, like as close to open world as possible for Sega Genesis uh, on this big map. Um, it was very, very cool. I actually, I actually, uh, to kind of give myself a quick refresher, I YouTubed it before, I, uh, before I'm recording right now. And if you just go on YouTube and just type in Urban Strike, you'll see what I'm talking about. And it's a really, really fun little game. And I, I played that game for hours so hard, though. I'm, I was terrible at it. In the YouTube video, I watched the guy. was amazing and didn't die once. And I was like, man, I barely ever even got to the second level. It was crazy. But, man, I played the crap out of that game. It was great. Uh, so that's my number four, Urban Strike. All right, number three. <laughs> this, this is the one that might get me some flack. Again, I want to preface this by saying nostalgia, 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 nostalgia. (laughs) All right. My number three Sega Genesis game is NHL 95. Yes. National Hockey League 1995. I played this game so much. My, uh, my, one of my best friends growing up, Joey, he would always come over and he would, the game like would tally how many body checks you had on people because, I mean, you could absolutely decimate some other, some of the NPCs on there. So we would play on the same team and the game would tell you at the end of a game, uh, at the end of a, uh, yeah, at the end of a game, how many body checks you had gotten in addition to obviously your score and stuff. And he would go for as many of those as possible. So basically I would be, we would play it like football almost. I would get the puck and then he would just be in front of me and body check people out of the way, like crazy. And we would just, that's how we played all the time. And we would, you know, win like, I don't know, twenty nine to, you know, two, uh, and have two hundred and seventeen body checks or something on there. It was crazy. It was ridiculous. Uh, but we got really, really good at that game. And I, one of the things we really liked about it was you could. It was one of the first games, uh, first sports games that I can remember. Yes, I used to play a lot of sports games. I played Madden as well, uh, which I, I really liked. And it was a toss up to put either Madden or this one on my list. But I think ultimately I played this one more. But you could you could create characters, and so we would create characters like based on like musicians that we knew, or or our pets, or something like that. Like uh, Joey had a dog and a cat uh, named Misty and Leroy, and we <laughs> we made those in the game, and those were like our two leading scorers uh, always. It was crazy, you, you know. You could you could buff up their stats and stuff like that. So we just made them really fast. It was I mean it was just crazy, just a lot of fun. But don't, don't rag on me too much just because I have so many great memories from that game. NHL 95. Uh, and, and you know, Joey and I are still friends to this day. We still talk about it every now and then. I was actually the best man at his wedding. Uh, and it was just great game, great times. So, NHL 95, my number three. My number two is Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Ah, uh, man. Dude. It's freaking Sonic the Hedgehog. I could put any one of these games on my list and it would be fine. Like... They're all fantastic. And you know me, I'm not a big, huge side-scroller guy, but you couldn't help but not like the Sonic games. Uh, especially, you know, 2, because it was the first one that allowed you to have multiplayer co-op. So one person could be Tails. I, uh, you know, even if I was, like, wanting to play the game, I always wanted to be Tails. Uh, why? Because he could fly. Duh. So it, it was always great having a second player in there. Even, even if you, I think, if I remember correctly, it's been a long time, but I think you could play as Tails as well. Um, If you were just playing single player, I might be wrong on that. I'm not sure. Um, But either way, just a freaking great game. There's not much else to say. It's Sonic the Hedgehog. You're speeding through stuff and taking out Dr. Robotnik and jumping on uh, enemies and going through loops, getting rings, all that stuff. Great, great, great game. Great series. Uh, So that's my number two, Sonic the Hedgehog 2. And my number one game on the Sega Genesis This game I have spent so much time playing and have beaten it so many times. This is another one that that, uh, Matt and his brother Stu introduced to me. And this is one that I wanted to run out and get right away because it was so awesome. It is one of the best, if not the best, brawler I have ever played. Streets of Rage 2. The first Streets of Rage is very, very good as well. Uh, But 2 is the one that I played so much. Front to back, sideways, up, down, left, right, all over the place. Uh, so many times, and beating it with every single character had an absolute blast with that game. And the fact that you can play it multiplayer—it's just—it's just so much fun throwing people and just punching and kicking and doing your specials and just going through the game, picking up stuff, and it's just so much fun. If you haven't played a Streets of Rage game, do yourself a favor and just check it out. Even I think actually on PS3 you can download it now. Uh, I believe so but it's oh man it's such a great game and and honestly like if you look at any you know top Sega game lists this is usually one of the ones that's up there as well so this is hands down my favorite Sega Genesis game ever streets of rage 2 so there we have it my top 5 games on the Sega Genesis i i'm sure there's plenty of other games that uh people are yelling at their you know speakers Thinking about uh, that, I didn't mention, and uh, you're, you know there there's a handful of other games that I have that I that I didn't mention. Um, I had a great time with the system. I, I really still think that uh, Sega. It's unfortunate that they you know stepped out of the consoles uh, console market. I completely understand why. Uh, it just wasn't you know going going the way they were hoping it would, uh, but that does not mean that their products and what they did for the console market you know were any less uh, than than what anybody else had done. It, it's just, it was just different. And, uh, I think Nintendo was just so far ahead and, and had so much more backing it that it was just, uh, it was just tough to keep up with. So it's unfortunate, but you know what? I'm glad still Sega is still around and they're still making games, but you know, back in, back in their heyday and, and back during the Sega Genesis period. Uh, I, I mean, man, I had, I had such a great time with these games. A lot, a lot of memories there. And, uh, yes, especially NHL 95. <laughs> Um, okay guys, uh, before I wrap it up, I, I do have one more side quest from, uh, from our buddy Irkable Gamer and he is going to tell us about his top five games of 2015. Uh, also look forward to us doing our top five of 2015 coming up here in the next couple of months. It'd probably be right around February or something is when we'll do ours. Um, just cause there's still a few that, that we want to catch up on. And man, so many games came out this year. It's, it's insane to be able to just knock it down to, to five. Uh, but, uh, Let's hear what he has to say.
5: Hello everyone, Irkable Gamer here, and this is my top five games of 2015. Coming in at number five is Dying Light. While this game doesn't have much story, it does have fast, fun, and crazy gameplay. With a big open world filled with zombies, weapons, and things to climb on, Dying Light is a fun, gory sandbox that wants you to feel its progression. In the beginning, your character is inexperienced and slow, but by the end, you're cutting through crowds of zombies and running, jumping, and climbing up huge buildings. This January release stayed in my mind all year. In the number four slot, we have Crypt of the Necrodancer. Rhythm games are few and far between, and rhythm roguelikes even more so. Crypt of the Necrodancer is one of those games that just makes me smile every time I think about it. It's a hybrid of a turn-based dungeon crawler and Dance Dance Revolution, and that's awesome. The developer also had three different artists take the music for the game and make it their own, resulting in your choice of three variations on the game's music. My third best game of the year is... Bloodborne. Prepare to die all over again with a spiritual successor to the Dark Souls series. Bloodborne, for all intents and purposes, is a Souls game, but with a twist. Traditionally, these games were slow and defense-based. Bloodborne makes you question why you would ever want to use a shield again. This game requires fast and skilled precision. Learn how the boss behaves, time your attacks, and bathe in a shower of blood. My second favorite game all year was The Witcher 3. CD Projekt Red makes crazy, in-depth, story-driven RPGs. The Witcher 3 is the first open-world game in the series, and they knocked it out of the park. Side quests weave into the main story and choices you've made in the previous games impact the events of The Witcher 3. Everything is dense, connected, and meaningful to Geralt's story. This game is packed with content and may very well be the most complete game this year. The number one game on my personal list is Metal Gear Solid V The Phantom Pain. I love every mainline Metal Gear game, but Metal Gear Solid V is so different and so much more of a game that it stole over 160 hours of my life this year. Metal Gear Solid V gives you a few tools, a horse and some balloons, and asks you to build an army. Kidnap some soldiers, tanks, gun emplacements, materials, animals, and whatever else you can take from the battlefield. It has a gotta-catch-em-all feel, and it's extremely satisfying to start with nothing and work your way up the many different upgrade trees. I simply didn't want to stop. It's a stealth-action, open-world sandbox masterpiece.
0: Alright, so I have to admit, I have not played a single game on his top five list. I I, I know I don't even have an excuse. Um, <laughs> I do plan on playing hopefully Witcher 3 and Metal Gear Solid uh, by the time we do our top five. So I'm hoping that I can get one, if not both of those. I'm going to be playing Witcher 3 soon, as soon as I beat Xenoblade Chronicles X, for sure. I promise. Uh, but uh, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Either way, I mean, thank you so much again, uh, Eric. Go check out his stuff. Uh, I know we've said it before, but uh, check him out on Twitter, at Erkable Gamer, spelled E R K A B L E G A M E R. He's on YouTube, Erkable Gamer, and Twitch, Erkable Gamer. Thank you so much to everybody who, who sent in side quests for this episode. That way, uh, you know, everybody didn't have to sit there and listen to me prattle on about whatever, uh, telling old stories, and just, you know. Not not having to put up with my voice for for a full hour, however long this episode turns out to be. But I want to thank everybody for for still tuning in. Um, uh, we'll have the uh, the guys back next time in a couple of weeks, and uh, I mean, other than that, I really hope everybody has a great new year, and uh, hopefully, 2016 is going to be uh, going to be a good one. Um, I know for me it is because. Uh, actually I haven't mentioned this yet but uh, Brandon and I are actually going to be attending e3 in 2016 so should be a good time. Um, I haven't decided you know if we're gonna go just to, to check it out since it's our first time ever going this is like you know a, a long time dream of mine to be able to go to this thing so I'm really excited to be able to do that. Um, I don't know what what the stipulations are as far as what we're gonna do but we've, we've already you know set everything up we are gonna be going so well, uh we're looking forward to June and seeing uh, seeing what that brings. Hopefully we get to uh, hopefully we get to try some VR and maybe a little, uh, little Final Fantasy stuff. I know Brandon won't care about that, but I will. I certainly will. We'll see what happens. But anyways, thank you guys again so much for tuning in, and uh, we'll see you in two weeks. And as always, keep on gaming. Our theme song was made available through the Creative Commons Attribution License by Ziphoid. The song title is Radical Fanfare.